Welcome to the Tabletop Gaming Magazine podcast. I'm Chris Eggett, the editor of the magazine. And I'm Charlie, the online editor. Uh, how are you doing, Charlie? Uh, I'm full of cold. It's not COVID, it's fine, I've done a test, but I'm going to be probably an octave lower than normal. Yeah. Just as an FYI. So if you uh, if you listen to this podcast just to hear Charlie go woohoo after <laughs> I say something in like a lovely. complete monotone, um, then sadly this is not the podcast for you. <laughs> um, if, if go for a walk, just have fun. random cuts, it's because I'm like coughing in the corner. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this sentence doesn't pick up perfectly, yeah. my so, bad. <laughs> so um, we've got a new issue. Mm-hmm. We've got an issue of, a new issue of the magazine. Woohoo! Out Friday just gone. Yes. Uh, we'd usually have a podcast up that week, but we had other things going on. There's a lot going on. And we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah! Uh, but, um, but it's a new issue. Uh, we are talking about many exciting things in it, including um, one of my new favourite games. It might be the game of next year. Oh, bold say. statement. We've only just decided what the game of this year was. I know, but well, that's how it happens. You do it at the end. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, but we're talking about Ultra, uh, which is a um, like maybe the most complex Anton Browser game uh, out there. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, Considering I immediately connect him with Takenoko. Yeah, Takenoko, <laughs> or um, the one about fireworks that I've forgotten the name of for some reason, the one that spilled yards. Oh my god. I've completely forgotten. And to make. <clears throat> I don't know, that one. Anyway, anyway, French, uh, French um, fireworks games. Uh, included uh, a lot of his games are very sort of family focused but with like a couple of like really interesting hobbyist things in there that make you go wow this is really clever that he's he's done this and that's why he's probably one of the best in the business maybe the best in the business after this I don't know we'll come we'll come to that later we'll come to that next year at the awards um, <laughs> uh, so bold g- statement <laughs> calm down <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited I've, I've played it quite recently so that's why I'm I'm hyped uh, we've also got um, a spread on um the Juniverse, which is all of the Dune games that have come out this year or last year, uh, and are going to come out. Uh, we're giving you a sneak peek and a sort of guide to all of those. Uh, we also talked to Horrible Guild um, about, um, well, just the fact that they um, are a group of people who make games who are never that are never like each other. They are always new, uh, and um, we kind of get in behind that process, and it's just quite a funny interview because they're frankly funny lads. Um, I really like the look of their new game. I keep seeing it come up on TikTok. Which one? It's uh, I can't remember the name, but it's dice throwing. But you do the dice from like. Oh yeah, this is the Dungeon Fighter um, RPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it looks really cool. Uh, Which name again? Another name I've forgotten there. um, Because we're all professionals here. Uh, We've also (laughs) got Rome Total War. We're chatting about that. We're also chatting about Voidfall. Uh, Rome Total War, you know, because it's a video game, and Voidfall, you know, because it's David Tersey. Uh, They're about fighting, but in interesting ways, in ways that you don't quite. Uh, get and it with the usual war game. Uh, we also got 29 games reviewed, including Snakes, which we'll talk about later, uh, Alien RPG Clone Marines, which we'll talk about later, uh, Life Siphon, which we won't talk about. Uh, <laughs> uh, we also have a review what? of uh, Colossal, uh, which we've talked about oh, already like on uh, the podcast. Uh, so we've got a review of that and their nice, nice um, indie hit. I think we could it's fair to say. Um, and yeah, new issue is out in the shops right now. Go out and get it, or come to the website, tabletopgaming.co.uk, to buy a copy right now. Or chat with your friendly local game store. Or chat with your local friendly game store. Or ask them to stock it, they can do that too. Yeah, or become a stockist yourself, and go door to door in your local area. (laughs) That's a Um, level of commitment. (laughs) (laughs) Just giving them to people as a sort of evangelical board gamist. 
Oh, I've got the song from Book of Mormon in my head now. That's okay. not going anywhere. <laughs> how, does, how does that one go? I'm not. Okay, on one, I'm not singing it, and on two, I'm definitely not singing it when I sound like this. <laughs> Isn't there? Um, is it a Friends thing or a Seinfeld thing where they have a whole joke about, um, uh, like they get like one of the characters gets a cold, and they think their voices sound sexier when they're singing. Oh, it's Phoebe and Friends. Yeah, okay, it's Friends. Yeah, fine. I thought it was Seinfeld thing. Um, yeah, no, that's not accurate. I can, no. can confirm. Uh, so we're yeah, singing but, in the car this morning was was, was it not? Was no. it not suddenly uh, sultry and uh, no, it exciting wasn't. It was way. dreadful. You didn't expect it to come out. My poor passenger. She's so polite to me, but <laughs> I don't think she enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about some other things. Uh, the reason this podcast is late is because we had our award show um, on Saturday. Yeah, uh, which was on our website. Yep. Uh, and this is our first ever award show. Uh, we um, like a real one where everyone voted on it. Uh, you. <laughs> okay, uh, so last year, yeah, last we year. were like, at last minute, we were like, we should totally do some awards, and then we just had great fun, didn't we? We were like, what can we think of to give awards to? Yeah, and then came up with some bonkers titles had some great fun with it but this year yeah. we grew up and went okay let's do it properly yeah so we uh, we had a period of nominations where people uh, nominated uh, the public the great unwashed that's you uh, rude <laughs> how rude the great recently cleaned um, <laughs> uh, voted on your disclaimer this is not the views of tabletop gaming <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay fine it's not um uh, you've uh, nominated your uh, your picks. Uh, then we swooped in with a, uh, a group of writers from the magazine. We picked our favourites from your favourites and put a final three out for each category um, based on their sort of contributions to the hobby and also your comments when um, when you nominated as well. Um, and that led to um, what turned out to be a fierce battle in the final week of voting. Surprisingly fierce. Yeah. I thought it would be a landslide for... Especially on some of them. I was like, yeah. oh, that one will totally win. Mm-hmm. And they were really quite well divided. Yeah, yeah. Um, most of them had, like, 5 or 10% for, like, the runaway winners and stuff in them. Yeah. You know, um, most of them anyway. And then uh, a couple of them were three, literally three votes in it. And this is a... Um, I've not worked out how to say this yet, really, because I've said it so many times, I've, say, I've been saying it wrong, because no one understands quite what I'm saying, but there was 1,500 voters. Unique voters. Unique voters who voted. Each of those voters voted up to 11 times, as in, that's to say, they voted. They could have voted in each category as they went through. So when I say 1,500, I mean that they could have voted, that most of the competitions were between that many votes overall. Yeah. Um, uh, um, but so, but there's so there was only three votes in it <laughs> for a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, well, for, for one of them in particular. Um, I can't remember which one that was now. It's the... Uh, was it the I'm Still Playing This? Any, okay, anyway, so anyway, there was, there was someone that turned around and said <laughs> on Twitter, bless him, he was like, oh, I was up against the licensed games. Oh, well, Chris Bissett. Ah, thank oh, you. The room. Oh, yes. I was having Chris in my head, but I couldn't get past Chris McDowell. And I was like, I know that's not right. No. But I can't remember what his last name is. It is close, though, because that, that is, that, yeah, it's an indie RPG it's driving me writer nuts. from Manchester. And I was like, I can't just go Chris, because there's plenty of them. You're even one of them. Yeah. So I can't you just use that. Anyway, he yeah. made a comment about how he was up against the licensed game, so there was no way he was going to win or something like that. And I had a look at the votes. 
there really wasn't a lot in it. Yeah, so this is the category of uh, best way to die in an RPG. Yes. Um, which Alien won for the second year in a row. <laughs> <laughs> um, they which have is, good deaths. What can you say? Yeah, it's, um, uh, and uh, Andrew, Andrew Gasker's um, uh, acceptance speech uh, is very good and very funny. And uh, you should go. You should go watch the video, which includes that. Um, uh, in it. But um, as you say, yeah, Chris. Chris was very much saying, "Hey, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Obviously, I'm not gonna win." Uh, because I'm an indie, I'm an indie guy, no, and these guys are. This stuff these is guys really are good. It's I'm, Well, that's. I mean, this is what he was saying. I, I think, think there good. was only a couple of percent in it. Yes, from it's still tiny, yeah. it was. It was close, and I remember sort of like, should I tweet him and tell him, or is that just like rubbing salt in the wounds? Like, I don't want to, but I also want to be like, yeah. it's really good. Like everyone appreciates it's really good. It's yeah. just like it got pipped a little bit, but yeah. that's not to say any of the ones that got nominated that didn't get it aren't because you saw how it was with party games Mm. so when chris sent me over the um sort of mini shortlisty style and then went pick three Mm. from these from the categories that Mm. you know so party games i feel like is my jam Mm. um and you asked me for nominations and in my brain i just went can we do a game of cat and mouth but like three times because that's my favorite party game (laughs) but when the nominations came through Mm. and then the, the actual final sort of shortlist came through all of them i was like if any of these win i would be buzzing and obviously yeah. one has to win, so it's going to be a great time all round. That's a sad thing about awards, isn't it? Is that someone has to someone, lose? Someone, someone has to lose, and you actually just want to say, it was great that you were here at all. Like, yeah. you were so well yeah. appreciated that you're here, you know. It's I love really her mentality. Exciting. That's yeah. very fun. I think the only downside to her mentality is the fact that I want the pink swishy cow, mm. and you're not supposed to want the pink swishy cow. Yeah, that's a bad a thing a... to get the pink squishy cow. Yeah, um, and then Scorpion Mask did um, the other one that we had, which was Masterword. Yes, which is one of my favourite ones for yeah. us to play, and we played a lot over Zoom. Yeah, so that was a really good like lockdown one for me. So I was like, any one of these could win, mm. and I'll be delighted. Don't get me wrong, I'm buzzing that it was a game of cat mouth because that was probably my game of 2021 because it yeah. took me so 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 by surprise, and I loved it. But any of them could have won, and I'd have been like, this is the best day ever. Um, it's maybe it's probably my favourite party game of of the it year good, as well. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I don't actually I don't actually have a copy of that, so I might have to actually go and invest. Don't buy it from. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if you've if you there's made, a video online. If you're familiar with our YouTube, <laughs> I did it. Is this the worst fake ever? Um, where. Someone in my family who found it hilarious that I didn't name them, and I was like, "Well, obviously I'm not going to name you. That's really embarrassing because you've been a bit of a silly person." <laughs> bought some from Amazon last year, um, as bought two as gifts for two separate friends, and ended up with a game of cat and mouse, yes. which was a micro unplayable yes. version of the yeah. game. So if you're going to get it, please use friendly local game stores and reputable sources. <laughs> <clears throat> Absolutely, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, what an embarrassing box that was. <laughs> <laughs> go watch that video. Like, it's just. You it should go watch that video. It's, it's maybe my favourite video Charlie's done. <laughs> I, um, I had a great time. And I was really pleased because everyone says the videos that you're most proud of are the ones that always bomb. Mm. And it hasn't bombed. So no. I'm like, thank God for that. Well, <laughs> I've no, been it, so upset. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's just genuinely, genuinely funny. So stupid. Um, so, anyway, congratulations Sorry. to all of our winners. Yes. Um, you should go to the website. You should go uh, check out uh, our YouTube and go check out our awards show. Um, where the, at the end there's a very special announcement Woo! which we'll also announce here Yay! Um, so Gaming Live traditionally comes to you from Alexander Palace Ali Pally. in London um, this year uh, well next year 
it's not it's not it didn't in fairness it didn't come to you from there last year either because it was cancelled yeah covid both this year and last year we were like yeah best not yeah we felt it was the right thing to, that was the right thing to do mm. um and so we are moving somewhere else we're going somewhere else and we're going to manchester yeah uh, so we're going to the victoria warehouse which is these um uh, frankly cool cotton mills <laughs> it's cool um it's got like a nice industrial vibe um in like again a cool way um it's got it's very much the dungeons end of dungeons and dragons uh <laughs> again in a cool way i'm trying to make sure you're well aware of how cool it is it's just it's a really quirky little venue isn't it and i like that yeah. we're we're a bit quirky for our yeah, enjoyment so. of like a niche hobby because it yeah. is technically a niche hobby and we're going somewhere that is just as sort of quirky as we are that i think will fit right in like it, yeah. we we suit the venue really well in manchester yeah um other highlights include we've got some cracking food vans. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a full-on like across the office discussion because the food is important. It is very important. Like yeah. I, I yeah, the last event that I went to, the food options weren't. Yeah, it was disappointing at UK Games Expo. Good. We're going to name and shame it. it. No, UK Games the food, the food was disappointing. Only um, because I think I hyped it up in my head because it was the first event that I'd been to since like mm. lockdown. And prior to lockdown, it's like you get the cool food vans that serve you weird stuff or like yeah. stuff you wouldn't normally yeah, exactly. have. I love that stuff. Um, and I ended up with a hot dog, but it was a very nice hot dog. It was oh, just like yeah. an eight yeah. pound hot dog. It was an eight pound hot dog, which was fine. Um, we were totally fine with that. But it was your options were three kinds of pork. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like that. It was pulled pork sandwiches. Again, very nice. I didn't have one. They looked very nice. Um, and then what else was there? There was something else which was also pork based. Um, and so, which is all fine. That's absolutely fine. It's how big events in big halls. Burgers. Was it burgers? Yeah. So not pork, but still. I'm sure they're bacon on them. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, uh, it's absolutely fine. And um, I think we, we could safely say that the Ali Pali, you know, the, the, the pizza was quite good. Um, but if you've been to Aircon and enjoyed the uh, quality of the food vans there. Yeah, I think uh, this was also <laughs> the problem that I had with UK Games Expo is that you guys kept hyping up how good aircon food was and you yeah. couldn't wait to have that food again yeah. and then and then it, it wasn't there and i was sad yeah it was well, exactly like that's it. Food. yeah it would have <laughs> it, it would have been nice to have the um like i don't know a greek the greek wrap place or whatever it was at, at i know i know exactly they put chips in the wrap it's great um oh interesting it's actually it's actually a I'm secret not sure how I feel it unlocks that. something in you when you have it the first, first time mm, yeah okay uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll withhold judgment what's the you know what i yeah. mean it's really good, honestly. There's people, um, there's people who are listening to this going, Charlie, you don't know yet. You don't know. When you... <laughs> you don't know, man. <laughs> um, I don't know, and so I want to. I love a good, like, also the, go out for the day. The bar's going to be open food. late as well, so that'd be nice. Yeah, boy. So we're just, it's a little bit more of a party vibe. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, gaming will go until midnight, I think, on the Saturday. I think that's right. Um, and we'll have a good time. It's going to be great. Uh, we've got some nice sponsors on board already. Oh, we've got great from sponsors. I'm so excited. Area, um, uh, the biggest of which I would say is probably Steamforged um, because they're bloody giant. They do giant minis. That's what they do. Um, <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, they, they're joining us at, at the show. Uh, we'll give you more news about uh, their involvement as we as we carry on. Uh, we've also got Hall or Nothing, uh, local local stalwarts and uh, winners of several must play awards. Uh, from us yeah I think whenever I talk about them I'm like they're, they're just the ones that do all the games that we really like yeah <laughs> basically yeah. It, they either get a yes or a must play it seems yeah 
Tristan doesn't really put out bad stuff, and that's very good. So uh, he's he's coming along. Um, who else have we got? Um, You've got Tabletop Manchester. Tabletop Manchester, the uh, largest board game club in Manchester. And they're lovely. And Fanboy 3. And Fanboy 3, uh, who I haven't seen the store. You've seen the store. Do oh, I've seen the store. The store is so wonderful. Okay, so so I'm used to like my small, normal, mm-hmm. like we've got as like mm-hmm. the the top list and then a couple of other little dungeons and bits. You walk in and it's like that feeling if you're a book fan and you walk into like a massive bookstore. It's like that feeling yeah. because everything, everything is there. If you can think of it, it's there. You turn left and you've got like all the sort of... Uh, RPGs and things like that and then you go through the miniature stuff and then you go through like the top here's the most recent stuff so they've got like a, just a thing of descent mm-hmm. that was I mean that box is beautiful but when yeah. there's like 10 of them stacked up you're like yeah. oh my god and then carrying around your normal games I, I mean like the ones that you can pick up so there was genuinely a conversation that a girl in there was having about Mysterium and trying to mm. remember what Mysterium was it was so hard for me not to be like hi can I tell you about this game please because you're going to really like it Mysterium <laughs> is great and you can also have Mysterium Park and I was like no Charlotte stop like calm down uh, but everything I mean I think games, you dice games. should have done that oh, I was very tempted but I was like trying to film round at the time when I was like <laughs> we interrupt this broadcast so that Charlie can <laughs> fangirl over Mysterium with somebody else in the shop um, and then after all of the stuff so I don't think I've ever properly seen that many games together okay so yeah. which is really really yeah. nice um, and then you can go downstairs and they've got the same amount of space which is a big old space mm. for um, like organised play or play space yeah. so they've got big calaxes because calaxes are everywhere all ordered by how many players they mm. are so these are your two player games these are your whatever oh, players nice. All the way around that That's you can an interesting borrow. way to organise your games. I like that. For what it's used for, it's very, yeah. very good. Um, and just, just a ton of space. So I know they do like um, tournaments and mm. bits and bobs. We were there sort of from when they opened. So obviously none of that's going yeah. on. But even while we were there, there's people going down and playing games. And you're like, this is just wonderful. Like, mm. can I move to Manchester just to have this on my doorstep? Yeah. Because it's wonderful. Um, so I have got a video planned that will come mm. at some point. Um, just needs a little bit of editing um and there's also a tiktok available so if you want a quick glimpse there's a 30 second sort of tiktok and reel um that you can go check out and see what they're like but that in addition to how knowledgeable they are and how welcoming they are because that's the other thing i talk a lot about the difference between local game store and friendly local game store and how you feel walking in and you do just feel at home yeah. it's just really nice yeah. so i had a great time excellent and i'm really ple- <laughs> for that reason i'm really pleased their sponsors because <laughs> gives me an excuse to go back quite regularly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that's very exciting and we're going to um, give you more news on them as, as we oh, carry yeah, on as well because there's they're doing um, cool stuff because like these are our sponsors but you know they're, they're a bit more than sponsors they're our friends too <laughs> that sounded so cheesy <laughs> uh, so uh, th- so join us in Manchester uh, next September uh, on the 17th and 18th so you so, know how advent calendars work yeah you get a- so we've got a few left it's we've a, got a few left. I'm going to say it's we've got like I don't know a handful. I'm going to say <laughs> that's worth you considering for your loved ones. Or for right yourself. Now, for right yourself. Now. Yeah, I mean you are a loved one of yourself. We hope if you've got a healthy relationship with your self identity. Um, uh, <laughs> it's just a great present. Like. Uh, uh, so yes, um, it's a really good. It's a really good um, present to get yourself or anyone else. Um, and it is uh, 24 brackets, 25 actually, days of presents to yeah. open. Um, and so last year, so okay, right, right. We've recently promoted this to a couple of 
uh, around around the internet to various friends, friends and family, um, uh, including uh, the Polyhedron Collider guys, uh, who went, what, 250 quid? Uh, which I think is like oh, how a lot of people react to it, because then they went on to say, oh, I've I've seen these before. I've seen these before. They're just full of promo cards. Yeah, okay, so this this is in reference to the... I'm going to... Yeah, the Bretspiel. The, the Bretspiel. Yeah, um, Which was just promo cards for various different things. So um, it has... It's cropped up a couple of times, people saying this, um, yeah. and I fully understand why, because that's the only thing we've got to base it on. Uh, this is completely different. This yeah. is... You're getting fully-fledged games, you're getting everything. There is nothing in there that you have to have a specific game in order to make use of. Yep. Everything in there can be played or used as is without needing. So, ah, oh, this promo card is no use to me because I've not got this game. There's mm-hmm. none of that. We've not got promo cards in there. No. Because we've just got actual stuff. Yeah. Like physical stuff. Yeah. Um, and this year we've fully upped the RRP, like the, the what it's worth. Yeah. So you're getting a great ton of stuff. And that was the other thing. Um, we got comments sort of saying that um, I could probably buy all the stuff secondhand um, or on comparison sites mm-hmm. for less than what it is you're paying for yeah. it. And the answer is no you can't. <laughs> you absolutely no, that can't. Was a, that was a fun lunch break where I sat there <laughs> being like but I wonder if you can and I literally went through and calculated all of them yeah. from um, BGG from board game price oh what's the price, com- the price comparison prices. board yeah. game prices yeah. um, and then what I could find on board game trade and chat as well mm-hmm. to try and be like how cheap can I get yeah. this stuff that's in the advent calendar um, and I got something like halfway through and I'd already exceeded the thing and the full amount was something like if you bought everything it was like £530 I think it was yeah yeah. which was including second hand versions yeah. whereas ours are obviously brand new brand new and so, in fact also, some of them are unreleased. Some of them are maybe never going to be released yeah, as well. <laughs> so, like, don't, don't, yeah, you, you don't want to miss out on this. Oh, it's if, cool. you, if you're if you're vaguely interested in it at all, it's re- you really need to pull the trigger. Because I have said a couple of times, like, I'm almost sad that I know what's in it because I know that it's so good that yeah. I, I want to buy it to have my own like excitement every day. Yeah, but I already know what's in it. Yeah, so it, ah, it's so cool. Yeah. And it's all starting to arrive as well at Tabletop HQ. <laughs> yes. You just see people walk in with like massive boxes on like the little carry thingamajiggies and you're like, oh my god, that's so wonderful. And then equally, oh my god, we're wrapping those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of wrapping to do. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's so good. Um, I, say this, I say this every time I talk about it. It's like people are actually going to be emotional about how good it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what it's going to do is on that on those um, 24 or 25 days of Christmas uh, leading up to Christmas Day you're going to be opening a present every day and be filled with the potential of the fun you're going to have with that game you, the only thing the only thing downside I could possibly see is you might have anxiety about what order to play them in once you start opening <laughs> them like, so that's the only downside I can possibly imagine because there's so much in there there's cool stuff um, and there's Very stuff you're cool. not going to necessarily know you love immediately and you might not have picked up and then you're going to end up loving it it's going to be a way into bits of the hobby that you didn't know that you loved yeah I think there's already like let's be real there might be stuff in there that you don't like there might be a day or two where you're like this isn't my side of the hobby that I particularly enjoy but because they're all I think most all bar one have been released in the last what is it 18 months 
Yeah, 18 months, yeah. So the yeah. resell is most, I think most of it's like this year. Some of it is was released last month. And again, I'm going to say it again. Some of it's not released till next year. Yeah. So, uh, and some of it will never be released. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I saw it even on one of them. So we've released the publishers um, as to... So you can have an idea of what it might be, but yeah. you get inside. So um, you know sort of certain things. And there's certain ones on there where it can only be one thing. And there's already been like comments being like, oh, I'll buy this off you. If you've bought this and you don't want that... I'll buy it off you. Yeah. So, to be fair, you probably make money back on it, but <laughs> just on bits that, like, little niggly bits. So, we there is a sense of realism in there that that might happen. But. We do also have to come clean as well, which is the website says the RRP is over £550. It's actually over £600. <laughs> but we didn't want to change it again because it looks weird when it we does do that. So, uh, <laughs> we added some cool bits in. We got a bit carried away, yeah. but in like a really good I mean, way that benefits whoever yeah, buys it because we just got overexcited. That's how we've we got 25 <laughs> days. Um, some games are like coming together, so some days you actually get two games. It's just, you know, you know, <laughs> it's a lot of good stuff. We got and, excited. And, um, uh, and there's going to be people kicking themselves for not getting it. Uh, and so it's a lot of money. If you can't afford it, that's fine. Don't worry about it. But if you can, <laughs> it's it's worth the punt um, uh, to make your, your family's uh, Christmas um, even better. In fact, you could buy it for your family as a whole and quite happily play You could easily. I like the daily. I like the daily. It's yeah. fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you could buy it like and yeah, open totally. it together as a yeah, family yeah. every day. And, you know, this day you're going to play... And this day you can play, you know, yeah. it's, you know it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, so very excited about that. Okay, so we're going to actually talk about the magazine now. <laughs> we're going to actually talk about the magazine now. However long we are into this, yeah. and now we're like, oh yeah, magazine! Yeah. Uh, so, doing cool stuff. So, 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 so. Um, I'm going to very briefly, by which I mean, to some extent, uh, talk, <laughs> about, talk about Ultra. Ultra. Um I, I, I can't do French. Um, so this is Anton Bowser's uh, latest game. Uh, it's based on a um, a OSR RPG from France of the same name, Autre, and uh, by um, by I believe John Gumpf, I think is how we say it. But there is an umlaut over the U, so I um, I'm sorry yes. about that. Um, yeah, do you want to have a go? I I mean my brain automatically goes goof, but then I did GCSE German and did a very poor job of it and. Yeah, Had I, I known I'd go into a career with board, board games, then the Spiel des would have been something I actually focused on and could say and spell correctly. Yes. But <laughs> I, no. can, I can't spell Spiel. Missed opportunity. <laughs> I always think I'm doing it right, and then it's always wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, let me start by saying what what the board game is, and then I'll tell you a little bit about the RPG. Um, because obviously, so part of my love of this is the fact that it's an OSR RPG that's kind of interesting and stuff like that and you know I love indie RPGs that's my kind of my jam uh, most of the time so the idea that Anton Bowser maybe the premier French designer (laughs) has gone and made this game a board game of it Uh, in fact he says in the (laughs) he says in the interview um, uh, like he had two options he could either run the game uh, but he couldn't because it was Covid so he had his only other choice was to make a board game of his friend's game uh, <laughs> and he did. Uh, what it is is a mix of narrative storytelling, um, dice rolling, uh, sort of worker placement, and then there's like a Euro economic puzzle in there as well. So your heroes returning, and I say heroes, you are 
rangers, knights of the realm, sort of, but like in a sort of kind of more uh, muddy, earthy way. So there's sort of a there's a pinch of magic here, um, but not too much. You know, not, there's not um, tons of wizards. Um, anyway, you you're returning home, and it turns out your home. Your I feel like it's returned to the Shire narrative um, of you've returned home and things are not as you left them. Um, the, your castle is in ruins, pretty much. Around you, the local villages are uh, having a spot of bother, and they all want help at once. Um, so what you and your buddies are going to do is uh, spend your time fixing up the castle, um, heading out to uh, look after the uh, eight um, villages around your around your main village, which also have actions you can take when you're there. That's sort of the worker placement element of it. Um, and also you will, will deal with the problems they're having. Uh, each area has a little deck of cards uh, on it that's split out from the main deck which you create at the start of the game by mashing together two themed uh, sets of cards um, so that might be like animals and beasts and that's a bad example, they're the same thing uh, <laughs> <laughs> animals and nature or spirits or whatever, you know, and you mash these together and that gives you sort of a flavour of the kind of adventures and the problems people are going to be having as you, you carry on um, uh, you then pick your characters, you have things like health and stuff like that. You have an ability based on who you are, um, which is going to help you when, you come, when it comes to rolling dice. Um, uh, the narrative of the game is um, these beautiful um, uh, like little books, basically. They, they're presented as books, so you, you turn one page over, uh, it's got the text on the left-hand page, and then the back of the next page has the illustration to go with that first page. Um, so it's just beautiful. It's like everything about it's wonderful. The track of actions is again, roll a dice, you move on one or two or three. It's kind of like got a tape loop thing to it, so you, if once you pass the end you hit the story story time again basically, <laughs> and you turn the next page of the story, um, but you could hit on your way there, you could hit add another one of these um, danger cards to uh, a particular area. Um, if you have four in any of them you start losing prestige. Um, uh, and things like things like that, uh, or you could um, add like an event to a location, um, uh, and and that sort of thing. So, um, and all of that sounds like I've described seventeen different mechanics. I feel I feel like I'm describing Oath again. <laughs> I feel like every time I do it, I'm like when I try and explain how it works, I'm best off not and just saying it's a narrative game with everything you like in it. It's got a bit of everything in it. Right, so when I when I played it, my first game, I got really focused on the economic puzzle of it, which is make, making sure your castle um, has the right areas in it. You know, does it have a smith? Does it have um, does it have an armory? Uh, does it have like a library? Uh, because each of these things gives you an extra dice to roll when you're doing challenges. So you can always use your normal dice um, or the dice uh, associated with your your character. You might be a fighty character, so you've got fights. So when it comes to doing a fight challenge, you roll one fight dice. If you've also got an armory, uh, you may also roll a second dice, uh, and then you get a number of um, wins on that, uh, and an option to sometimes take damage to your character to uh, uh, get another victory on that or another success. The way those little challenges work is the person next to you reads you what's going on, and then you roll the dice, but you don't know how many successes are on there, and that person is not allowed to tell you how many successes 
Um, it's not how many you need, because one success will always be a success, but multiple successes can be very advantageous sometimes. So sometimes you have get two successes, get this, get three successes, you get loads of stuff. Right? Um, anyway, uh, and it's all done by, I say worker placement, but you are, you are moving around the board in a way like um, like using action points basically. Um, so you are, you have sort of crossed through the castle to get to the other side, which means that sometimes things are slightly too far away. So it's worker placement, but with a sense of distance between doing certain things. It's usually a worker placement thing. You can just go from, from the heavens down to where you want to go. Anyway, all of this, what all of this does is creates a game where you can get focused on one little thing, but actually you need to keep an eye on the whole the whole picture because the story it's telling you will tell you the events that are going to come up, come up like the world events that are going to come up later so the first game I played a portal opened okay mm-hmm. yeah and what I basically said is ah it's a portal well let's not worry about that um, because because there's no way for you to interact with it at that time I feel like innately they're either very good or very bad well this is the thing it started off being very good it chucked us some some uh, resources nice. to begin with, which there, therefore furthered my gluttony of going around and, and, and making sure I was building loads of stuff so that whatever happened, we like it's one of those things of like where you've overbuilt your engine in the game. Um, so we built up some stuff, but I didn't, I'd ignored some of the other victory conditions, and that's the thing you don't know how you're going to win the game at the start because that only gets revealed to you as you, uh, as you progress through that story. And so there's a little bit of like playing like the detective games in it because you're like, okay, so I, I, there's stories in front of me. There's a, there's a portal. It's throwing good stuff at me. Is that going to change? <laughs> and, you know, well, you can answer that yourself because um, I, I don't want to spoil it for you. But because um, <laughs> you, when you play this game, you'll be like, this that is very funny. That's very good that that happened. Um, and it's incredible because you because the thing is, I should have known. I should have known what was coming because of all the hints the book gave me. Um, and I didn't. And I just got hooked on this one little bit of it. But that wasn't like that wasn't a failure of the game. That was a failure of me. And you need to hold it all in your head at once in this sort of very holistic way, which is, again, like I said, it's very like Oath. Because it has that thing of like the way it encourages you to engage with the game in a completely different way to a lot of other games. Um, What's the player count on this one? Goes, goes up to four. Interesting. Does it do solo? Uh, you could definitely play solo. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Like, that's quite a good. Oh yeah. I mean, actually, 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 spend a couple of hours actually, with it. actually I say I played the prototype, so I don't have a real copy of this. You know, I'm a bit sad because yes, I would play the solo for sure. That'd be cool. It would be really good. <laughs> it would be really good. Um, yes, you might. Yes, one to four. I think. Nice. Um, you could definitely, even if it's not, you could definitely solo it somehow. Mm. You could just two hand it or something. Yeah, yeah, mechanics. Um, the only thing is, you'd know the success counts yes so you'd maybe have to hide that or something like that uh, you know but mm. that's um that's something that's easily managed by those of, those of you who are already home home brewing your solo rules so yeah. um it's uh, standard practice at this stage yeah and then i'm just gonna very briefly talk about the rpg <laughs> that it's based on french rpg by Trogov, um and it is a uh collaborative world building rpg with hexes um, where the GM is encouraged to set the scene initially, but then players, yeah, but then it's a series of drawing things from the deck, putting them in front of the players, and then asking the players, "What do you think happened?" 
and, <laughs> and then they describe what happened and so between you you're building a world in a way where the GM can be surprised um, and not just because yet again your characters have tried to kill someone immediately um, or whatever uh, or they're trying to yeah you know, they're, they're trying to seduce the barman again you know it's like it's not that although that obviously can happen um, it the world itself is built by the players as you as you go through it and to me that sounds super exciting also it uses loads of d8s d8s are the main um, dice roll in this game which sounds bonkers to me can you imagine can you imagine rolling d8s yeah uh, except for damage, possibly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they crop up, but they're never the main feature. That's right. Um, I say that, and I can always feel the comments going, but this game does it as the main feature. I know, yeah. I know. It's yeah. an offhand comment. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gunf himself says, um, you know, his experiences of running the game, where there's multiple tables running it in the same room, is that like it only takes like five minutes for the world to, to diverge wildly, um, because something randomly comes up the deck, they look at it, the players decide what it is, um, and there's a and there's a general rule of like, uh, if a player says something is likely, uh, it's probably a fifty percent chance it's true, um, <laughs> which is a hilarious guide for a GM. Uh, it's like eh, probably they might be right, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then and therefore you've got this game where you've rebalanced um, the world building, the weight of having to plan everything, uh, and it allows you to do that sort of hex crawl thing in a way that. Um, uh, doesn't leave all to the GM to meticulously plan everything, and that's really good. I think that feels like almost like much more collaborative, uh, joyful experience um, where everyone gets like a stake in the world. Mm. You know, um, sadly, it's only in French at the moment. I've asked them to translate it for us, yeah. please. Um, we'll all Google update Translate you. just doesn't cut. It absolutely, does, <laughs> it absolutely does not. Um, <laughs> I could, I suppose, I could learn French. I suppose that's the thing. But I, <laughs> oh, just an offhand. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just learn French. Yeah, I suppose I could one day. Um, but <laughs> uh, but they'll probably have it translated by the time I'm proficient enough to read it. So um, look out for that for when that lands eventually, because uh, that will be your new favourite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Charlie, you played some games. I played some games. Um, I think I've worked out that my like my niche where I'm most happy. Mm-hmm. Is sort of either RPGs that I don't have to do anything. Party <laughs> so games. So just to say, and detective through, games through that whole ultra uh, RPG thing. Charlie did have a look on her face, which is like, this doesn't sound. This isn't like I don't. No, do you know what? Actually, no, it does sound great. When I say I don't don't do anything, I mean like I don't have to DM them. Yeah. Well, I can just be a participant. Yeah. Love that. When I have yeah. to run it. Yeah. Less so. Also, this is very much like being on someone else's podcast. I think because there are a few times I've been on someone else's podcast I've been like this is brilliant I'm not worried about the audio quality that's someone else I'm not thinking about edits I'm not thinking about anything like that yeah yeah uh, it's like, and it's just like I'm just having a really good time yeah I just I just enjoy playing D&D can I DM it mm, maybe not like I can do. I can do alright but I don't enjoy it as much as just mm. being able to sit there and be like yeah so I cast Fireball and it's like well you shouldn't it's like ha 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 I'm gonna do it anyway yeah. there is a difference there so my my niches are RPGs that I can play and not DM. Mm-hmm. My detective games mm-hmm. and party games. Yep. They're my like. That's it. I'm happiest in those areas. Yep. So snakes. This, this is at the end, right? It is. There's three. Yeah. Because I have to make sure when I type it, I make yeah. sure that I put the appropriate number of S's. I kept. I don't know why I kept writing this at the start. So I was doing snakes. Uh, it's too aggressive. No, you go for the after. Um, for context. Snakes yep. is a new big potato game mm-hmm. um, that has 
beautiful artwork yep. I love it so much it's really really vivid um, and they actually sent us it in a box that had that same artwork on and I never want to get rid of it but I equally don't know what to do with it um, but Inside Snakes is a mongoose of truth as like a yes. massive leeple which yep. is great fun um, and then some weird and fun Please see a brief interlude. Why, Chris, is there a brief interlude? <laughs> so the batteries in the um, Zoom recorder that I'm using um, ran out. Um, and we just just uh, didn't notice for the last five minutes of this chat. So a lovely chat. Was so we, it was really good. Snakes. It was great fun. It was, um, we were vibing. It was great. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, we got to the point where Charlie had just explained that there was a mongoose in the box and the yeah. box was lovely and that there's some weird questions in there I should also explain there has been a two day gap <laughs> in between oh, yes. what you'll have heard and where we are now yeah. um, so A my voice I appreciate sounds very different as well because we are further in the progression of a cold yeah. yay oh, I've um, also been off ill so like it's all it's, I mean, we've all, it's just the lurgy tail trip HQ but the <laughs> <laughs> logic being is that I may repeat stuff is what I'm more worried about than anything else because this conversation was two days ago however snakes, snakes. S- s- with this Ah, it's great. It's just great fun. It's um, very much a sort of social deductiony game, which my game, my game group love. Um, Chuck is a party game. Cracking, we're happy. Chuck is a social deduction game. We are the sneakiest. Like we just love outsmarting each other. So they're always a win. Um, but basically, you have um, cards that will have questions on, and there'll be something that's quite obscure. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's difficult to really know what the answer is. You could easily justify any of the answers that are on the card. Um, and within that, you have one player who is the snake. Now, the snake knows what the answer is, but must convince everybody else of the wrong answer. So pick something else, and if they vote for, they vote for the wrong answer at the end, the snake gets the points. So happy days. The only reprise from that that you have is the mongoose of truth, which is a massive mongoose meeple. Don't often see a mongoose meeple, and I'm quite sad about it. Now I know that mongoose meeples exist. I sort of want them across the board. I want yeah. like an army of them across my I mean, that's, um, work desk. That's now that's, I thought. That's Charlie's first Kickstarter game. <laughs> Just an army of mongoose. It'd yeah. be great. I could get so many people involved. Like mongoose again? Mon- Maybe. Um, no, never mind. Well, okay, well, TBC on the name. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the the player that has the mongoose of truth is um, the only player who is you know for certain to be truthful in their answer. They don't know what the answer is, but they're going to be honest mm-hmm. about what they think. The problem is obviously they can be swayed by the snake, so you don't know for certain. But you can sort of trust their instinct, which is easier said than done. When their instinct is different to your instinct, and you know you're not the snake, but you sort of want to convince everybody else that your answer is right, and mm-hmm. actually. They don't think it's that, but then somebody else is saying something else, or they agree with you, and then you're looking at them going, are you agreeing with me because you're the snake, or are you agreeing with, with me because the mongoose of truth is just being really silly in what they think? Or And you end up, it's you question each other, you question yourself, you just question, are you the snake, could you be this, why is this this? Um, and it all sort of tumbles into a big fun game that I really enjoyed, and my group really enjoyed as well. Right. And the, the questions are sort of quite strange, I think this comes to your, your reservation yeah, the so the only reservation that I like potentially have about this game is actually a positive. So we've played it every single time we've got together, um, and what that's meant is we're sort of we're rinsing through the questions quite quickly. Now don't get me wrong, there's a big old stack, mm. there's a lot of them, so it's not a case necessarily that I think we're going to run out anytime soon. But I think at this rate, 
we may well run out. And the difficulty is because the questions are so distinctive, I think we're going to remember what the answers are. Yeah. So either I, as the person with the game, can't then play the game very much, mm-hmm. or I have to swap to a new crowd, but not be like always be the snake. Or do you know what I mean? I yeah. Always, it sort of minimises it. No, it's it's a really easy fix because if it's popular, they just issue more cards. But it is. You could always be the snake. Actually, that sounds that sounds like a good. Re- yes, but then very though. like very easy in a social deduction game. <laughs> To be like, oh, she's always the snake. We always don't do what she says. That's true. Okay. Other yeah. than that, does add a double layer because how can you bluff them into the wrong answer if you are exactly, there? exactly. Even yeah. so, yeah. But it, it thinks it's an easy fix. I just it's so we played a lot of Jackbox at Lockdown, mm-hmm. and that has a similar sort of vibe to it in terms of like guessing answers and trying to trick people into picking your answers. And I do now know most of the answers from the earlier editions of Jackbox because we played through it so much. So I don't think. Eventually, when we run out, we'll be able to play it. But it's fun while it's lasting, and I'm very much enjoying it. So, yeah. I mean, hopefully, there'll be um, convention packs for it and, and little expansions and stuff yes. like that. Although, well, maybe uh, Big Potato will do some online stuff for it. Yeah, yeah. Just a few extra questions, that sort of thing. Or they'll just like very kindly send me their list of questions that didn't quite make it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't need I don't need the fancy cards. <laughs> <laughs> Who do I need to email? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so snakes, um, which we like a lot. Yes, I really um, enjoy it. It is beautiful. Um, and uh, the last thing on our list uh, from several days ago is... <laughs> Which also, um, if you've listened to the previous one, it's still on a post-it note. It's still on a post-it note. It's now written bigger, though, so I can actually read it without having my glasses on. But... Yes, yeah, so we did some user testing. We came out with... Um, some <laughs> larger handwriting. Feedback. Larger handwriting was required. Um, so I wrote a cardboard manifesto. It um, is. And uh, it's, um, it's something I feel I've still not fully articulated properly to the degree that I want but what it's about is the idea that better art makes better games yes which I need to preface by saying yes you could reskin any game in almost any format and it would work still wouldn't it it would still work in some way the mechanics still work the same stuff comes out of it yeah Um, but also you could also make it bad couldn't you yeah um, but my so with that aside, um, my whole cardboard manifesto, which wasn't what you expected it was going to be, I think. No, we we had an interesting conversation about this because I thought Chris was going to take a slightly different angle on it. So my brain went, oh yeah, no, that's a great one because you talk about this, 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 and this, and then I read it after you'd done it. I was like, oh, interesting. It wasn't what I thought you were going to do. Yeah. So what? So what my argument is is that we should, as an industry encourage our creators to make more interesting art for their games and by more interesting I mean art that doesn't rely on tropes quite as much or if it does it does it in a way which is spectacular or uses a um, interesting more diverse art style or a um, uses like um, different ways of approaching the the same subject Um, so Examples of which I'm always going to bring up this game for the next 10 years, I'm sorry, but Oath. Um, wonderful art style. And very much like a game that exists in our world, in the sense of like it could exist in anyone's world, um, anyone's life, quite easily. You can look at it on the shelf and say, hey, that belongs in um, nearly anyone's house. It, it could just exist there. And uh, where that's not true of, say, a lot of um, like fantasy adventure games for example 
which use a very similar pseudo-cartoony uh, comic book style on top of um, a load of fantasy tropes, which don't actually give you anything as a as a player. So, because that because that stuff, all it does is it signifies to you that you are playing a fantasy game. And in fact, that's often how you play it. You often, if you've ever read a fantasy book and thought, okay, that place in that fantasy book with 14 L's, and it's not on Wales, uh, but with 14 L's in it, I'm not going to ever try and pronounce that name. I'm just going to remember how it looks. And if I'm asked to pronounce it, I will now say it in a completely bizarre way because obviously it doesn't matter. And that's kind of the fluff we're trying to ignore. We're trying to ignore that kind. We're trying to get past that that fluff of um, of art and signifiers like that that kind of like weaken your ability to engage with the game. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've, 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 I don't know if I've fully done it justice, but the but the gem, the general concept is that I believe that we can find ways of adding art to our games, which is like new. Um, it doesn't have to rely on tropes and doesn't have to have the edges taken off. You know, I think a lot of people end up on the product side of designing the game and feel that they need to make it the most mass market thing ever. Whereas actually having one really clear message that is consistent throughout the art, throughout the theme, throughout the um, mechanics as well, which should obviously all tie together, um, can make a better game experience for everyone. Uh, And that also it makes it more accepting to a broader spectrum of people if it looks like something they could have in their life that doesn't contain all the signifiers that say hey you need to be a nerd to play this you know you need to be into cyberpunk to play this um which a lot of games kind of do fall back on um and that's it really that's my that's kind of where i am with games and art at the moment yeah so interestingly like i thought my take on it was very different but one thing that you did talk about when we we chatted about it after it went in the mag was you talked about more of the lifestyle Something yes. so so not only in the sense that it can appeal to a wider audience or it can have like an interesting niche that pulls you in that doesn't require you to have certain things, but also where it sits. Could you imagine this being in your house as part of your life, as part of your the art that fits in with you? Yes, yeah. So, and that I think that means that yes, there are a, a lot of people do a lot of people do spend their time um, like. Uh, like developing an identity that's to do with, say, their enjoyment of comic books or something like that, right? And that's absolutely fine, and that's cool. They can have, they they want their art on the walls to be that. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people have art on the wall that they just like, and I'm kind of advocating for that in games. Yeah. Like the physicality of being present. And do yeah, you want it there? Yeah, and also that it's to do with some deeper understanding of yourself that isn't a surface level cultivation yes. of your own like um, the identity you want to show other people obviously there is obviously going to be a part of that in any any choices you make like this you know we, we make these choices about like kind of everything in our life um, but I think we could approach games in a similar way to we approach like art on the walls or other things like that which are less to do with cultivating that kind of like 
outward facing identity and more to do with like the things we want to have as a permanent thing in our life or semi-permanent thing in our life if that makes sense at all <laughs> i think i was more articulate in the magazine i hope i, was gonna I say, was. read it and find out yeah um <laughs> Uh, as I say, I was really fired up for this when we started recording <laughs> two days ago. And if you hear a load of jump cuts just in this little section here, it's because so Charlie's, Charlie's just dying from having uh, a coughing fit, basically. So, 100% um, not COVID. Not, not <coughs> COVID at all. It is just general horrendous cold because yeah. we've been inside for 18 months and yeah. haven't caught any cold since. But yeah, it's real weak, aren't we? So Let's sorry. be honest. Here we are again. Again. In a slightly different room a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> having been kicked out. <laughs> of the nicely soundproof studio. We're now in the games room, which you may have seen from social media. Yeah. Um, which is just full of advent calendar stuff we right now. We actually can't really move it. We're here. like overwhelmed with yeah. advent calendar stuff. It's yeah. Boxes everywhere. No one tells you about that. That tells you about that about Santa's Grotto is that it's actually like a health and safety issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't think ever they fully consider the fact of how many presents it is. It's a lot to rap I mean it's just terrifying um, but um, as we've been kicked out of the, uh, <laughs> the nice video, we're going to say um, thank you very much for listening yeah thanks uh, cheers um, thanks for joining us um, where where should we where should we send people today I think we should send them to YouTube head to YouTube yeah <coughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to send Charlie to the pharmacy <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably necessary um, I'm going to go back to my desk <laughs> um, we'll put all the links you need in the description absolutely so that you can check us out in all forms all social media the main website tabletopgaming.co.uk plus check us out on YouTube where I don't always sound as gravelly as this mm-hmm. and TikTok that's the one I'm having fun with at the moment yeah people like the TikToks yeah, yeah. I don't understand them I'm too old <laughs> um, but yes thank you for joining us um, and uh, now's a great time to subscribe to the magazine it is um, just there's because, tons of cool stuff because there's some quite good stuff coming up I must say, it's always come, there's always good stuff coming up, but next issue is an absolute banger. We've got a, uh, a like exclusive scenario for Vason, um, which is the free league uh, investigative spooky scenario, and that'll be landing um, at the end of the month, just in time for Halloween. Woo! Yeah, so you can like get a bit freaked out in uh, in the Vason mythic Britain uh, setting. It's very cool. It is very cool. It's very nice that they're doing British uh, uh, like folklore, folklore and yeah. spooky things and stuff like that. Um, it's a really cool scenario. Um, if you've not played Vason before, it's like um, it's like quite a nice thinky game in a sort of Call of Cthulhu kind of way, but it's still using that Mutant zero, Year Zero system of dice balls. So um, if you're rubbish at percentages like I am, uh, that's really quite useful. Nice. <laughs> so um, so yeah, uh, we'll see you all soon. And uh, goodbye.